Welcome to the Northeastern Next podcast, your channel for the latest alumni stories in Boston and beyond. In this show, we'll catch up with Northeastern alumni who are out there achieving what's next. We've heard of Nike, Adidas, Reebok, and Under Armour, but what about Zypher? Jason Yao is building the next premium sportswear brand in Hong Kong that combines fitness, fashion, and function. Hi, Jason. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you very much for having me. You're calling all the way from Hong Kong, so I appreciate you helping with the time difference. You're 12 hours ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, 9.30 here, so uh, it's not too late, but uh, really excited to be here. So I won't say good morning, too, because it's 9.30 a.m. here. (laughs) (laughs) So first, can you tell me a little bit about your Northeastern experience and background? Yeah, so I'm... I did a five years bachelor degree in Northeastern and I was majoring in marketing in the Momokim Business School. So I've really enjoyed my experience in Northeastern. Obviously, I think the core study was the co-op. That was a big focus on, on my study. And then obviously um, having the experience of working with different companies and, and the theory sort of in the class as well, that really helped me to understand what sort of areas I wanted to get in in business especially with with northeastern program it's not just focusing on marketing but focusing on different areas of business so when i actually um, start my own company of actually working with different companies um, for interning as well it actually allows me to think differently instead of just being very focused on one specific field yeah that's great it gives you probably a lot of exposure before you even enter the workforce so (laughs) what year did you graduate i graduated in 2017 Okay, and so you returned to Hong Kong. Is that where you're from originally? Yeah, yeah. We're born and raised, yeah. Great. So when did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Yeah, so um, my parents, they have their own company. Uh, so they've been doing business for a long time. And obviously, um, I, I studied in, in the UK when I was in high school. And then I was in uh, Boston for university. So the culture is very different. I think the American culture is really pushing the entrepreneurial spirit um, and then the UK is, is more about the, the sort of specializing field, uh, having that background and, and being specialized in one, one side. And so getting both, both sides really helped me to think what I wanted to do. And obviously with my intern working in Reebok, uh, I was there for, for six months and it allows me to, to think what I wanted to do after I graduate. We are all familiar with kind of the sports brand giants, Nike, Adidas, Reebok. Tell us about your company and when did it start and what inspired you to build a sportswear brand in Hong Kong? Yeah, so obviously, you know, born and raised in Hong Kong, the culture is very different. So, you know, in Hong Kong, everything we we love foreign brands. So everything made from Italy or made from Europe or anything like that, you know, we people buy it. So they really like, you know, foreign and Western sort of uh, style. And obviously, I'm an athlete myself and I, I play football, I play rugby. It's obviously soccer in, in America. Mm-hmm. And I always notice that 
we always follow the trends from Western countries. So it's always Nike, Adidas, Reebok, Under Armour, uh, obviously now with Lululemon, but it's always about following trends. So uh, with my experience in working for Reebok and studying abroad for such a long time, I've always wanted to build my own thing and represent Hong Kong. So when I was actually, I think the last year of my study, I was like, you know what, I think I can do this. You know, it's been such a long time. There's not a homegrown sportswear brand from Hong Kong that could compete with the big boys, you know, obviously uh, in the global market. So I was like, you know what, I want to, I really see there's a gap in the market. Let's do it. So when I was in college, I was doing a lot of market research. I was understanding what sort of, you know, uh, style I wanted to go for the fabrics. And then as soon as I graduated, then I went back to China. I went back to Hong Kong and then went to China as well to visit different factories and really trying to understand, you know, what are the differences in different fabrics and technology. Tell me about the company itself. What is your differentiator and, and what do you sell exactly? Yeah, so um, now we are a high-performance sportswear brand. Uh, our key differentiator is definitely our fabrics. So we spend a lot of time on um, finding the right fabrics with different suppliers from all around the world. We work with professors from universities. We work with um, global testing organizations like Intertech, for example, to really understand the fabric differences, what they're offering in the market, and then obviously working with professors with the sort of analysis with different performance sports, different uh, conditions with the fabrics, and how is it going to be helping athletes or normal people to improve their performance in this specific field. That's what we really try to look for. And then obviously our designs are European designs. So everything is designed in the UK. We have um, designers from Hungary with designers from England as well. And really bring that sort of European heritage from the UK and bring it to Hong Kong. So having the fabric technology, having that European heritage really help us to be very different and building our own DNA in Hong Kong. Uh, and, you know, it's been a year and a half in the market and uh, things are, you know, really improving. So That's great. So because we want... We want your company to be the next Nike. So <laughs> tell. So what does the name mean? Where did it come from? Yeah, so um, when I was thinking about the name when I first started, I was talking to my uh, creative director and I was like, you know what, let's think of a name. And then me and him, we, we both said, we didn't want something that is so cliche as like shredded apparel or like, you know, aesthetics apparel, uh, which I believe, you know, in, in the US, a lot of brands are like that and focus on gym wear. So I was like, you know what, our focus is performance sportswear. Let's think of a name that is powerful, but is very unique. So we wanted to create a name that doesn't mean anything. Obviously, we, we came up with many different names and then actually we wanted a name that is from the Greek god and original name was Sephir. So it actually means west of wind, means freedom, really aligns with our branding as well. So if you look, if you look at the logo, it means unequal. So we believe everyone's very unique. No one is the same. So we all unequal in a sense that we're all very different, very unique. So we emphasize people to be expressive. And having that you know, sort of name with Sefa and we, we just changed the syllabus and we wanted something that is just two syllabus. And we're like, okay, you know what? The Z is powerful. Two syllabus is clean. And when we ask people, what does it mean? They, they actually don't know what it means. And that's great. So no one can copy. No one can like look at it and be like, oh, you know what? I you know resemble that brand. So this is perfect. And that's how we started the brand. Cool. I love that. And I think it's it's a really unique name. I It caught my eye for sure. Did you, you, you talked a little bit about, you saw a gap in the market. 
What is the Hong Kong sports and fitness industry like compared to the U.S.? Obviously, here it's so big with kind of these activewear companies, you know, group fitness, boutique fitness, sports. Yeah. Also, I know you're doing more performance sports, but tell me a little bit about the atmosphere. The the market size is completely different. Um, U.S. is one of the largest biggest sportswear activewear market in the world uh sizing wise very different as well so you know hong kong is more focused but i think in the u.s fitness is a very trendy thing already you obviously you have many different supplement stores different companies and then a lot of different fitness apparel and the willingness to try smaller brands are more open whereas in hong kong is more brand conscious people are more they, they like bigger brands, they like famous brands. And then um, the trend with fitness is not as big, but now actually it's it's courting, it's, it's getting really, really big. And especially uh, in the activewear market is, is increasing a lot. And obviously now with fast fashion dying down, activewear is the new fast fashion, you know, globally as well. And so we're seeing a trend where fitness and fashion is crossing, but with technical sportswear is still there's a gap in terms of how far we can get in terms of technical that's why we work with professors uh, so obviously with uh, professors and Phil with over 30 and 40 plus years experiences they understand what are the difference in fabric properties so how different fabrics for example like polyester spandex nylon spandex cotton spandex how are they different in itself and how uh, effective they would be in different conditions uh, so now it's very exciting for us because we work with professors that are you know have been working with the big brands in the past and obviously the analysis will help us to really help encourage and educate the consumers in the market as well that's really interesting I think we learn a lot about that fast fashion that you're referencing and you know think of companies like Zara and but that that's always focused more on the fashion not the quality because yeah. they have to produce it so quickly and the yeah. cycles are so fast so yeah. I wonder that's so interesting that you kind of are balancing that model so you are so focused on the quality of your materials they need to function they need to perform well for your athletes yeah, yeah so you know we, we see a trend now is especially in Hong Kong, there are a lot of startup fitness brands. Uh, why is because the barrier to entry is very low. It's very low cost to make. Anyone can just go to, you know, uh, for example, China, go to Korea, go to Taiwan, and to make their own sportswear brand. They can just make with, you know, relatively low MOQ. And so the competition is very, very high. Uh, it's very hard to differentiate as well with, with our experience so far. And that's why... For us, we have to differentiate, we understand where we want it to be. Do we want to be a athleisure fast fashion brand that are competing, for example, as you said, Zara competing with Uniqlo, or we want it to be more unique? And that is the sort of question that we have been dealing with since in the in you know in the past when we first started. And now we are able to, you know, in terms of financially to be able to say, okay, short term. We can accomplish what we wanted to do. And long term, that is the sort of direction we wanted to go for in terms of high performance sportswear and really balancing that that balance with athleisure and then obviously the more technical side. And who is your target audience, would you say? For us, it's fitness enthusiasts between the ages of 18 to 45, uh, men and women. Uh, and obviously our, in our market, women, it's a bigger market versus men. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How, I mean, you said you've been to market for about a year and a half. What What is your main strategy for promoting your brand in this kind of competitive landscape? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, 
people always talk about strategies and like, you know, what is the plan? What is the perfect plan, right? To really compete with the big brands or any brands in general, right? And with my experience so far is there is no perfect plan because the world is changing so fast globally. It's impossible to have a plan that's just say, you know what, this just fits everything. This is right. So for us, it's about understanding the market and understanding who we're trying to target and changing consistently and just trying different things. For example, like in terms of content, how different or how effective can we be? So we test out different sort of content and understanding like what color tone, what sort of messaging, what sort of descriptions are effective for the consumer. So we're always learning. So I don't think there is one perfect strategies, but for us it's all about understanding where we're failing and just improving on that every single day. So, um, you know, me and my team, we, we work very hard on that in terms of product development, in terms of product design, fabrics uh, development, and then go-to-market strategies and social media and retargeting as well. So there is a lot of fun things that we're trying to do and we always trying to improve. And I think the biggest takeaway so far that I have launching to the market is at the beginning, I would look at different brands and be like, oh, it's Nike Adidas. Oh, it's Reebok. Oh, it's Lululemon. Oh, look what they're selling. Wow. It's really good quality. Oh, I want to make that. Oh, I want to make that. Right. But it's so difficult because you just need to stop building your own brand DNA and, and not worrying about like what other brands are doing. Because what you tend to do is when you have a startup, you look at the best selling products that other brands are doing. And you're like, you know what? I can do the same. Let me just copy that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the truth is the amount of marketing, the amount of branding, the amount of work that, that they have put in for the fabrics and the marketing is so much that whatever they produce that represents them. But if you just do the same thing that, that doesn't represent anything to the consumer. So uh, that's something that I've taken from my mistake. Wow. That's really interesting. I think, that's not something I would have thought of. I, you're you're right. It's there's so many of these brands. It seems like they're all keeping up with those trends together, but they are yeah. their own brands and they are differentiating. And that's really important to know when you're starting from scratch. And yeah. So, do you have plans on expanding globally? Yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, for us now, we started just an online shop uh, a year and a half ago, back in January twenty twenty third of January two thousand eighteen. And now we are focusing a lot of offline. So we're working with different gyms and we're selling in 20 locations now. Uh, We're looking to expand that number every year. And obviously there are about roughly 150 plus gyms across Hong Kong. So we try to expand that number as close as possible to the 100 mark. And having offline is going to help us a lot with uh, word of mouth, with exposure, and it's very low cost as well. So Hong Kong is the main focus. And I think for the next two or three years, if things are going increasingly well, then we will slowly expand to different markets. But obviously with the current situation in Europe, uh, current situation in America as well, we wanted to make sure we um, you know, do things that are in the right way and step by step. So, uh, but in terms of internationally in online, uh, we're already selling online. So, uh, and we have customers from like, you know, Germany, England, Spain, US, uh, Taiwan, Singapore as well. So that it's quite healthy. And maybe someday you'll be sponsoring all the Northeastern uniforms and the sports teams and we'll be seeing your yeah, brand yeah. all over. 
No, definitely. You know, um, if uh, whoever is in charge with the sports team and, and, you know, hear about this podcast, please email me and we can definitely uh, set up something up. <laughs> I'll make sure it gets in the right hands. <laughs> <laughs> so let's switch gears a little bit. Um, you are a member of the Young Global Leaders. For those that aren't familiar with that group, what is the purpose of YGL, what we call it, and um, why did you join it? Yeah, so, you know, it was uh, such a coincidence. So I attended one of the alumni dinner and I met, you know, a very nice uh, professor, Yelena. And um, I was having a chat with her and we just set up a coffee. And we're just talking about like, you know, the the market, the brands, what I'm doing, and and obviously the Northeastern updates as well. And then she referred me to YGL. And then back then, that was when when I was first started. And obviously, you know, I, I wasn't sure what I was doing. I didn't really have directions, uh, not much confidence in, you know, really pushing the brand, how far I can go. So she recommended me to to go and, and speak to different people as well and, and just to see how it is. And it was eye-opening. You know, it was conversations with uh, different alumni, with different professors, with different uh, industry leaders. And it was just very, very good of three-day seminar, um, just a talk with with everyone. Uh, and really allowed me to be motivated and to see how many entrepreneurs there are out there in the world that are struggling as well. Uh, and I think a lot of people, they don't really talk about the struggles, but those are the things that really makes the brand strong. And that's, in my opinion, that's the fundamental of how, you know, how to build a strong brand is having that struggles and, and going to YGL, going to these seminars, going to these um, uh, events you know, really makes me to think, okay, I'm not the only one. Yeah, I think, though, it's impressive that the young global leaders are really all over the world. And that's it is, you know, how our Northeastern network that we call is expansive all over the world. So how have you experienced the Northeastern network? Yeah, um, definitely with, especially now I graduated uh, with the YGL, it really helps me to meet with different people all around the world if I needed any advice, any mentorship you know, I can get. And then the amount of ex- exposure that I can get for my brand as well, that's really helpful. I did an interview with Northeastern News, I think uh, two or three months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that really, you know, that was like a dream come true for me. You know, that's why I always wanted to do it, you know, to to do an interview for Northeastern, represent Northeastern. Mm-hmm. So again, I think more exposures, more opportunities that popped up that I never really imagined before, that really, really helped me. What would you say is the number one piece of advice you would give to other entrepreneurs? I know you've learned a lot of lessons over the past couple of years. Honestly, the biggest advice, don't take no as an answer. So I think a lot of people, they have their own passion and, and, and dreams of what they wanted to do. And in my case, I've struggled a lot in terms of, you know, where to start, you know, where do I go? But I remember when I first started, I didn't really care if I get rejected. I just wanted to build this brand. You know, I wanted to get my name out there in the market. When I first started, no one knows about the brand. You know, I, I was just selling online. I didn't know how to get into the fitness industry. I didn't know how to, to sell products. I didn't know how to talk to suppliers. I didn't know how to market my product. And so for me, it was just trying and getting rejected and not getting any responses. I didn't really care. And it's just thinking how far I can push and you know, one thing's lead, leading to another is sort of helped me to find my direction. And a year and a half passed now, I could not imagine how far I've came, honestly. 
I would pinch myself like seeing the sort of quality that I can produce with the product, the level that we that we can do and speaking to professors, industry leaders about fabrics. Like I wasn't studying fabrics when I was in university. I wasn't studying like design or active wear. And I was just being able to learn. So I think the biggest thing would be just just do it. You know, just just learn from it. Don't make any excuses. It's gonna be so hard. But if you can overcome that journey, you can pretty much overcome anything. I love that. I think you're you're right. It's like we we all go to undergrad or even grad school and you're studying a certain major, but that's not always setting you up for what you're going to pursue in your career. You can't learn everything in that those four or five years. So it is, I mean, that's why we're all like lifelong learners and we have to just kind of figure it out as we go. And that's, you know, that kind of pursuit of that is really inspiring for a lot of people that might say, oh, I don't, I don't know how to do that. I don't know about fabrics or those the specifics of how to build a business. It's, I guess, you know, I don't think, you know, until you start. (laughs) Exactly. And I was doing, um, I was doing a talk with one of the leading university in Hong Kong. And I was talking to the students as well with my uh, sort of cipher story. And they were asking me as well, it's like, um, what sort of struggles and stuff and what sort of takeaway? And I think there are two more things that I think is quite important as well is one is patience. So, and that applies to me as well. When I first started, I wanted to get done with everything. So in college, it's all about, okay, you know what? If you work hard for a semester, you get A grade or B grade, you get a grade. So at least you're an outcome. But working the real world, there is no outcome. There is no such thing as A, B, C, or D. So it's so hard for me to quantify my success or what I'm doing is right. And just it's all about planting seeds, how, how many seeds I can plant and just being patient. Uh, and I think that was like the biggest thing that I, I, I would you know think about as well with everything and just not rushing it and just taking it step by step. Yeah. So looking back at the growth from concept to now, do you have a proudest moment? Yeah. So I I think the proudest moment would be just seeing the transition of my product. You know, when I first started, I pretty much did everything. Um, I didn't have a designer. I designed it myself. And I think I, so I, I did the first, you know, a few collections. And then I think after the six months, I'm like, if I continue to design my own product, this company is going to go bankrupt. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, you know what? Let's just find someone that's actually a professional here. And so we we start finding proper designers from, you know, Europe and, and now seeing our products, it's so cool to, to be able to see the DNA that we're slowly building. Uh, It's crazy. And, and, and before I would not have imagined that I could do that or actually seeing what we create and, looking at our own product, looking at our own DNA and the market offering so far, I'm really proud with what we produce. And, you know, there is only one way up and we're just trying to improve by 0.1% every single launch. I think the best entrepreneurs also know how to delegate and defer to others' expertise to make your your company successful. So that's great. I think that's yeah. other good yeah. advice for people. <laughs> you always start by yourself, but you got to build a team and, and grow it from there. Yeah. So uh, this is the Northeastern Next podcast. So we like to ask, what's next for you? Do you have anything exciting coming up that you're looking forward to? Yeah, so... Um... You know, we now we're developing uh, very, very highly performance-based uh, leggings, sports bras, 
And then obviously we wanted to expand our men's line as well. But, you know, we're working very, very hard with professors and with these global testing organizations to really push the technical side of, of fabrics. Um, we are also in discussions with uh, some some suppliers, fabric suppliers, to develop, you know, our own fabrics as well. So that's something that we, we're doing. But we really wanted to see how far we can take with this sort of um fabric technology that we can do uh, so i think it's it's very exciting with uh, how athletes can perform in their sort of field and i think with the look and feel of the fabrics is very important nowadays people they don't really understand how amazing the fabric can makes you feel and how it changes your performance until you really try it uh, and, and so with our stuff you know right now we're very very happy and we're proud but again we're always trying to to push to the boundaries and see how far we can go with the market because we're not looking to develop the same product in the market but we're really trying to push something that can value and can benefit consumers in their own sports that's that's what we're trying to do great and you know if you want to send any free samples my way i'm happy to try them on (laughs) please send me your address now and i'll um, ship something (laughs) (laughs) and so i think that's all the time we have today thank you so much for calling in i was really great hearing about your story and before we go um tell everybody where they can find more about cypher yeah so uh you can go on our instagram it's cypher uh, underscore apparel, or you can go to our website, official website, uh, cypherapparel.com. Great. And I'll yep. put those in the show notes. Everyone knows how to spell them and, and I'll link it directly. Yep. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening. Again, to learn more about Zypher, visit cypherapparel.com or on Instagram, Apparel. That's Z-Y-P-H-R. Next week is Global Entrepreneurship Week, and we are celebrating the entrepreneurial spirit of the Northeastern Network. If you're in Boston on November 19th, please come to Dream, Discover, Disrupt, an annual event honoring our Distinguished Entrepreneur Award recipient and the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Look for more details in the show notes. This is Megan Kirkbrisson from the Office of Alumni Relations. If you enjoy the show, please rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I'll talk to you soon.